heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, folks. This is actually a pretty milestone-centered episode. This is episode number 150 of YWC Football Talk, believe it or not. Yes, we are halfway to the goal of 200. Uh, as always, presented by SidelineShop.ca, but I also have something else new to announce to the podcast world. Um, if you go download the BetStamp app, which is a social media app for sports betting with all the odds, we'll give you the best odds from all the betting websites. Use promo code GRIFFB when downloading the BetStamp app or connecting any sports book that is associated with the BetStamp app. And you know what? Helps me out a little bit. So I'm a proud member of the BetStamp family and uh, something I just wanted to announce. But look, last Thursday... Championship Sunday preview show with Big Rat, Brian Flores Breakdown. For folks who haven't seen him yet, because you're listening to this podcast, you're not watching us on YouTube, Matt Datu is with me. So we're going to talk Championship Sunday. We're going to get his full perspective on the major, major breaking news that occurred last Tuesday when Sean Payton stepped down as a Saints head coach, but a little more than that later. Matt, how are we doing today on this uh, last day of January? We're doing all right. I got through the depressing times with Sean Payton retiring from the Saints, so <clears throat> I think I've gotten over it maybe just a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, um, just sitting here last day of January already. Um, already got to the Super Bowl just about, just two weeks away now. Um, still crazy that the Bengals made it to it. Bengals versus Rams, it's going to be crazy. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good and happy to be on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, especially for a milestone episode like this. I know I say it, but like, man, I, I like I realized it. I was like, holy shit, this is episode number one hundred and fifty. Um, Congrats! And I, already, I already have the great title for it too because it involves the first game of the show. But I think I got to call this episode uh, fancy, like Applebee's. I don't know why. I think I just, I just, I just got to shout out to CBS oh, no. broadcast crew. <laughs> oh, um, I before I'm gonna put the graphic up for the folks on YouTube: Kansas City versus Cincinnati. But I don't know how they didn't plan that like plan that where it was like hey yeah so these speakers are going to be right here your production tables be right here i literally couldn't hear a single word that they were saying like i like the oh, it was just it was a disaster like the halftime <laughs> the, the halftime performance was about as from the whole sequence from the cbs crew was probably about as bad as the chief's second half but overall i know when you came on was before wildcard weekend wildcard weekend was kind of eh, uh, like obviously for me, but then mm-hmm. also too, just because there was only one real game that was like close for the entire part. Yeah. But the last two weekends, we've got nothing but amazing football. Oh yeah. And I mean, uh, the divisional weekend was amazing. Like those games oh, yeah. were all so good. This weekend was still really good too. Um, and both instances, both teams were down that ended up winning and they came back in the second half. Um, they had us in the first half. The whole meme has it go, how, however it goes. But yeah, divisional weekend was amazing. This weekend was also really good. Um, some good stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't catch the whole halftime thing because whenever a game goes to halftime, I, I just automatically tune out. I'm just like, I don't want to watch this crap. So I just want to watch the game. But but yeah, um, it, it, it's been some good football uh, since the wild card, um, which might be more of a proponent to go back to the way things normally used to be because uh, some of these seventh seed teams, sometimes you're kind of lackluster and you might see those teams get exploited and you don't have these amazing games that we've had these past couple weeks. Cause if you're a team that gets to a seventh seed, like my saints were like 
right there at getting a seventh seed. And you would have seen Trevor Simeon in a playoff game. It, it would have happened because Taysom Hill was hurt. So yeah, um, that, that's just an explanation of what these seventh seed teams can be like. But um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it probably makes NFL more money. So it is what it is. I have two theories on the NFL. One is that I know the 17th game is a leapfrog just to eight to get to 18 eventually down the road. But the mm-hmm. other one that I have is that I think eventually they're going to have an eighth playoff team in there. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they expand the field to 16 teams. Look, mm. I like the one. I, I'm just saying it like, like we say, look, whatever's going to make the league more money. That's obviously like cash is king. NFL is king. Yeah. NFL's proven at the last two weekends that like the, the, the ratings were crazy last week. Ratings, I'm sure, are always good for Championship Sunday, but it's always mm-hmm. good with Championship Sunday when the games are good and compelling. Like, look, I know the last few years I look on it, like how last year there was the box game against the the box the box game in the Packers was was it is what it was was what it, that it, it, game it, was bad. Both as quarterback, both both Brady and Rodgers played bad. Brady literally gave Rodgers the game, and Rodgers didn't capitalize. I'm sorry for the tongue twister. But then the other one was um, the um, even the AFC Championship last year was kind of lackluster. And then 2020, I don't remember. And then even 2020, I remember Tennessee got watched by Kansas City. And then Green Bay got walked by San Fran. And then 2019, obviously, look, I know you don't like to talk about it, but that was before yesterday. No, because both those games were both close football games that both both yeah. went to overtime. Now, I know both didn't go to overtime yesterday, but they were both pretty pretty close games for the most part, which we'll get yeah. to both of those later. But I like I say, I look, six teams, I think you would benefit a lot more, but – I know Saints fans deep down from what I've seen, for as much as you guys would have liked to make the playoffs, I think missing it was not the worst thing in the world because you know, hey, would you rather miss or play a wild card game where you know more than likely it's not going to go your way? Obviously, you beat Tampa two times in the regular season, but when you say the name's Trevor Simeon versus Tom Brady, I don't like it's like what happened with Phil. Like, look at this year. I'm, I'm even looking at the last two, the, the, so the two years that the seventh seed has been a thing. Only the Colts have had a chance to win. Because if you remember, you guys pretty much blew the Bears out. Yeah. And then this year, the Steelers and the Eagles both got blown out. So I don't think the NFL will ever revisit it to make it harder because I like the sixth team. I just think that they're going to go to eight just so you have an excuse now to give the one and the two the bye again. That's just me. I mean, that makes sense. Makes sense to me. And then that way, too, like say like a team like the Colts, who you know could get in and win – could you know they could get in and they can maybe make some noise but with that i also i was also doing it five would play six so meaning two wildcard teams would play each other so i think as well playing getting that fifth wildcard seed is a huge thing because think about it five would have been vegas this year so that means that the raiders would have been playing a home game mm-hmm. that that would be that would constitute getting <clears throat> being the top seed in the wild card that would definitely make some more interesting stuff in the regular season for sure Exactly. That's why I feel like the NFL always went for a seven seed as well, because they don't want teams, you know, that say if you have the second buy already locked up, you're not playing. Or like if you have the one seed, you're not resting your guys. Like how week 18, it was still Tennessee had to go out there and win against Houston. Even though it is Houston, you still had to go out there and give a shit. Because like when when there's those last week games where, look, I know I'm going off on the wrong foot, but when there's those games, obviously it's different when you say have the, if the Panthers are playing the, Falcons this year. Both are already out of the playoff contention. Game doesn't mean anything. Those yeah. those are exceptions. But when a game like, say, Tennessee versus Houston, if that game meant nothing, it's like not, people that aren't fans of those teams aren't going to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. But less about that, more about what happened yesterday. Look, Bengals, 
this team is just – this team is the definition of playoff football. You know, get hot at the right time, go on a run. But I will say this, and I want to get your thoughts. I think getting the stop at the end of the half, I think that's – I said that's going to be big. That's a turning point. Because imagine you go up 28 to three, 28 to 10 at the half, or even if it's 24 to 10. 24 to 10, it's like, okay, 14 points. We can still do it, but it's tough. But the fact that it was an 11-point game compared to, say, a 14-point game or an 18-point game, I think is a big reason why the Bengals won yesterday. Yeah, I mean, as soon as uh... – <clears throat> The Bengals went down there and scored on that screen pass to Samaj P. Ryan. Um, that was a huge turning point. They started getting that momentum. And then, like you said, the defense stopping them there, that led the defense in again that momentum in the second half because the defense only gave up a field goal after the second half, which props to the defense. And, I mean, you got former Saints players on the defense. I got to shout out Trey Hendrickson and Von Bell. Von Bell, of course, for the game-sealing interception. Not so much Eli Apple because uh, <laughs> I don't know. Lemon. You can say it politely. He can go suck a lemon. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the whole Twitter <clears throat> drama with oh, him. Um, oh, I have. I saw him just bury <laughs> New Orleans for no reason whatsoever. Him, him and yeah. his mom are just like, no, not, not all there. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, it, it was crazy stuff on the Twitter Twitter verse. Um, even Sean Payton acknowledging it in his post game or his post uh, or his retirement presser, I guess you could say that was pretty funny. And then the Saints Twitter account acknowledging it, but. But, yeah, I mean, shout-out to them. Shout-out to that defense, man. They went out and they balled out. Um, and, I mean, in the Bills-Chiefs game, you didn't really see the defenses step up to the plate. It was just the quarterbacks. And this time the, the Bengals' defense really showed that, <clears throat> hey, we're here to play. We're here to stop Patrick Mahomes, who, if Tom Brady is retiring, um, would be like the golden child of the NFL. Hey, we sit here and we stopped him. <clears throat> and now we're going to yeah. the Super Bowl, which – I mean, that, that's wild. Um, this Bengals team has been magical this offseason. They've been fun to watch. Um, every, every, I don't know who, who would even hate Joe Shiesty. Maybe Steelers or Ravens or Browns Clemson. fans. Clemson, yeah. Um, Ohio State people are trying to claim him, even though he didn't really play at Ohio State. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, a Chargers fan trying to claim Breeze now. Exactly. That, that, that's, just, that's just crazy. But, yeah, I mean uh, – Shout out to Joe Shiesty. Shout out to Joe, brr, however you want to say it. Um, that the man just goes up there and makes stuff work. And that Bengals team, they're awesome to watch. Did you see the photo of his his dad and Jamar Chase's dad smoking cigars in the parking lot after the game? Oh yeah, I saw that. That was that's legendary stuff right there. Legendary. Yeah. And there was also a tweet from someone on football on a, I think it's from Barstool. I think it was called Billy Football. Was his name? He said. The pandemic started with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow winning the national championship. It's going to end with him winning the Super Bowl. So it's just like oh, people man. out there need a reason to be hopeful about this pandemic being over. If the Bengals win a Super Bowl, you can thank those two. It was just funny how it's like, you know, they win. That was like the last one of the last big events before the pandemic night, Super Bowl 56. That's um, wild. That is insane to think about. Wow. We've been going through that for that period of time. Joe Burrow even had a whole – Big old knee injury in his rookie season. He just man, also props to him for coming back from that because oh, I mean yeah. that's 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 awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, it's crazy to think we've been going that long. But yeah, I mean the Bengals, they're awesome. You know what? They're the run in the jungle, the Hude boys. They're just it's like it's like I said, it's a dex, textbook definition of what it means to win in January. You get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders, look, I think the Raiders weren't all there. I've been saying this, and we'll get into this more in the offseason, but I think they'll come back to earth next year. Um, 
the Titans, I think, were kind of not frauds, but I feel like actually, you know what? I think not frauds, but I feel like they just weren't. They didn't come to play. And then mm. yesterday was their true. I think it was Cincinnati's true test. It's like okay, if you can slay the dragon, you truly belong. And what they do, twenty-one to three, never gave up. When it, when they got the second, when the, the Jamar Chase touchdown happened, which I needed to Higgins. Um, <laughs> When that touchdown happened, I was like, okay, do you go for one here and play it safe? But then when they went for two, I'm like, no, nah, they're going for two. But even still, people are saying like, oh, let the Chiefs score, you know, do this, let them get a touchdown. I'm just like, no, you give Mahomes room to breathe, you're going to pay for it. Every NFL team knows that now. But yeah. with this game, with this team, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it all next week. I look at this team right now, and I actually was talking to Danny last night because he asked me, what was my early thoughts about the Super Bowl? For folks out there who don't know, yes, I, like, I've gotten into gambling. I gamble daily, but for I was like, man, I want to go Rams on the money line because of the front four. I'm like, because that that offensive line against Aaron Donald, Von Von Miller, which we'll get into the Broncos, not the Broncos, excuse me, the Rams in a few minutes. Um, but I was like, you know what? When you caught magic in a bottle, you gotta stick with it. Look at the Bucks last year. Look, I just want to give that as an example. I know. I know they beat you guys, unfortunately, in Drew's last game, but towards the end of the regular season, they had the loss in uh, against Kansas City, and then held that Jared Goff went in there and beat them up. And then, oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too, which I think we have to have a new tradition, even though the quarterbacks may not be the same next year. 2020 Matt Beast comes on here right before the Bucs play the Saints in Tampa. 38-3 Saints. This year, exact same thing. Saints win nine nothing. So I think Matt Beast before yeah. the Saints go to Tampa is a podcast that always has to happen. Always, 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 always circled. I wanted my date to come talk to you, but basically after because what I'm trying to say is like you know they had the 38 three game, then they had the Rams loss, and they had the Chiefs loss, and they just they just took off. Like even how in Week 17 they were down 11 two to the Chiefs, and the same thing happened. But I think yeah, because you and I have been on a few times before. I think I said this to you when Mahomes was running back and he was getting those sacks. I think he's like. His perfect plays seem to come when you don't expect it, or it's just him mm. cooking shit up. I feel like when he purposely tries to do those sports center plays is when he screws up the most. And I feel like that's a little a lot happened yesterday too. And also the Bengals defense the defensive players, like which I gotta give credit to Sam Hubbard for one of these sacks because he shot back in the gap and then he realized, hey, I can go get him, shot right through, mm. got the sack. So they realized, hey, we can go hit this kid. The second yeah. they realized that, and then also too. When that ball popped out, I almost like just got up on my couch and just did, like the, like holy shit because like I realized like like is imagine if that had like, I think that was worse than the actual what happened into overtime. But all the credit to Cincinnati, man, all the credit. If you if you're in Cincinnati, if they win in two weeks, which we'll talk about later and all next week, take the day off, go eat some skyline chili. You you deserve you deserve this. Yeah, the fact that they went from uh, where they were two seasons ago before they drafted Joe Burrow and now that's a testament to them. And another thing I got to laugh at is uh, when they did the coin toss and like the whole Kansas city crowd just like cheered, like, Oh, we just won. Cause we won the coin toss. And then it actually played off against them. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and play defense and overtime. And I know sometimes it can suck because the defense can be at a disadvantage, especially if it's been a long game. You're at the very end. You've been grinding it out the whole time. But at the end of the day, the defense has to sit there and make a stop and then get get you the ball back. And that's exactly what they did. Um, they got Joe Burrow. They got their guy the ball back, and he went down there and 
McPherson got to take him to the Super Bowl. I don't, I haven't heard a story of him telling Brandon Allen, "Hey, looks like we're about to go to the Super Bowl." So, I don't know. I, I know he did that with the AFC Championship, but I, I'm sure he's probably a little more nervous going out for that Super Bowl kick. But, uh, man, um, that, that's another thing. My my guy Brandon Allen should get a ring. That's crazy. <laughs> just just sitting on the side of my, side sidelines, former Arkansas guy. Shout out to him. Yeah, because that's the thing I was gonna say about last week too. You know all about it living in the South. That was Big Twelve football last week. This week was a little more, a little more SEC. You know where you get a little bit of defense, just a little yeah. bit. But um, with this, uh, you know what I like with the overtime rules. I'm on the boat of look, play defense. Yeah, I know people don't like it. I don't want to see the two point thing coming to play in the NFL. I don't honestly. Yeah, that, even that... there, that's one defensive slip and you lose the game. Like I'd rather it be. You go out there, you have to prove yourself because you're trying to make the game shorter. If you do it where it's just back and forth, back and forth, it doesn't like I know everyone was saying, oh, look, it could have been like 150 a thing. Even if they had one position last week, I think both defenses were gassed to the point where whoever got it first was going to win. Like mm-hmm. how I say with I say this with the Patriots once, but Super Bowl 51, as soon as the Patriots won it, I'm like, you're you're not stopping it. It's just like <laughs> even I think even if the Falcons had won that toss, I think still the Patriots were just like on too hot of a roll. But then um, and then with the 2018 AFC championship game, the one thing people forget is that Tom Brady converted three third and longs on that drive. Yeah, and that's clutch right there. And I mean, it always seems like the coin toss comes into play whenever it's the Chiefs. It's it's crazy to think about. Um yeah. It's always in that stadium too, but uh, but hey, um, shouts out to the Bengals. Love to see. I hope they're the team that I really hope. Like going into the playoffs, I was I was like, okay, the Saints are out. I want the Bengals to win. I like Joe Burrow. We got some former Saints on the Bengals. I want to see them go out there and get them a ring. Um, so they've been the guys I've been wanting to make it that far, and here they are. Uh, I'm sure if you go back to whatever episode I was on, if we did a whole full season breakdown and I predicted the Bengals, I'm sure I didn't even predict them to win the comp, their division. And the fact that they came here, man, that, that, that really surprises me. So they've been playing so well. They're the Cinderella this season, and I just hope it ends with them getting the shoe on the foot. I honestly probably I think I had them going like six and eleven or seven and ten. I think that this year wasn't it for them. I think it was going to be like you know, hey, build on what you started last year. Surprise a couple people, win some games you're not supposed to win. They won a lot more games than they were supposed to win. They helped. Yeah. They swept the they swept the Ravens twice, which I know a lot of people like. I was saying in the podcast with Big Rat at one point. I'm like, you know what? They'll be back next year with the way that the Bengals have been playing, and if they can beef up their offensive line this off season. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think you're stopping them to win the AFC North. I think they're they're the team. This this could be a one year thing, but I honestly don't. I think I don't think so. And the other thing too is this year I'll say this. I know you have a vendetta against one of the teams, but I honestly I, I I'm not going to be mad with whoever wins. I'll be happier for Cincinnati just because they've never won a Super Bowl. But with any of the three of the four teams, I like seeing if look if my team's not in it, I want to see a team win that hasn't won in so many years. You know. Yeah, for sure. And that's always exciting. I'm sure that's how people are with all these teams that get to their first Super Bowl and have a chance to go out there and win one. And it's always exciting for the fans of that team. It's yeah. exciting for everyone involved, really. It's it's a good story. It's a really good story because some of these teams, they go so long without ever seeing it. And for some of these teams to finally make it, it's always exciting. And 
man. Um, and like you said, if the Bengals beef up that offensive line and just add like a couple more pieces to their defense along with that, man, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they probably need to do it while they still got Joe Burrow on that rookie contract, got Jamar Chase on there because those two are going to be bringing in the big bucks in a couple of years. It's, it's going to it's going to be flying. They're going to be hitting the gritty all over the place. They're just going to go. They're just going to go nuts. It's going to be uh, it's going to be crazy. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, is um, with the Chiefs, Mahomes cap hit goes up twenty nine million dollars for next season. It goes from seven million to thirty six. So Ooh. we'll talk more about that in the offseason. But those are just little things to look at for and also to what I believe. And so people can come criticize me for this, but why the Patriots dynasty was truly special. The only other thing I'll say that's Patriots related for now is when we lost to Philly, I know it sucked, but I was happy for the like, Eagle fans. I know like Bobby and a couple other guys to see them, how happy they were to see their team win their first ever championship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But on to the NFC championship where another lead was choked on. This time the away team, San, like obviously LA went up first, but San Francisco 17 to 7. I have a stat for you before we get into this game. I have a stat. I was texting with a buddy today. I gotta pull it up. All right. If I can find it. If I can find it. Oh, yes. Kyle Shanahan in the fourth quarter of his last three playoff losses as head coach or offensive coordinator. Uh in the in the infamous Super Bowl with the against the Patriots. He was outscored 19 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Man. He was outscored 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54. And yesterday, 13 to nothing. That is a big yikes if you are a fan of the Niners or Kyle Shanahan. That's a total of 53 to nothing in his last three playoff losses. Um I know people want to put this loss on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I honestly want to put more weight on Kyle Shanahan just because obviously I know Jimmy had that bad interception late in the game when he had a chance to put down and tie the game or win the game. But between that, I feel like Kyle, you know the meme of, from back in the day, the, the bad luck Brian or whatever it was called, where the kid's yeah. it's the kid in a sweater vest smiling? Can we just like replace that kid with like Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's – I mean – if I had to compare it to something, it's kind of like with Cliff Kingsbury and and the later half of the seasons. Like he had yeah. trouble in the later half of even in his college days at uh, Texas Tech, and he had he's obviously had trouble with the Cardinals the past two seasons, having really good starts to the season. Towards the end of the season, it kind of pitters off, and that's kind of the same for the 49ers, um, or with Kyle Shanahan in general. They might have these explosive first halves or get up first half, and then. They just lose lose the streak or lose their momentum. And I don't know what it is, but you do have to put some flack on Jimmy Garoppolo. He had some bad plays. Um, yeah, the hospital ball to Debo. Yeah, and especially that one ball that he threw uh, that uh, Ramsey almost had, could have had a pick six. Oh, one um, the one. Yeah, and I mean, and then he had the other turnover. I mean, you have Aaron Donald in your face. That's kind of hard to deal with because um, Aaron Donald's just a freak of nature. But, man, and I know going into this season, it was there, – there is a lot of questions surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, are they just going to transition to Trey Lance next season? Uh, what do do? That's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens. And for the love of God, I hope the Saints do not decide they want Jimmy Garoppolo because, nah, I'm good. Um, especially with our cast uh, of characters, if Michael Thomas is for some reason not there, because I don't know, I, I was used to not hit him not being there this season, but but yeah, I mean, 
I don't think Jimmy G's the guy. He he's a really good um game managing, just kind of their quarterback. I mean, he he's just there at, at this point. And there's only so much you can do. I know Shanahan's like this offensive genius, and there's just so much you can do with a guy like that. And maybe he can get Trey Lance to big up and get and become that guy next season, maybe with a full scheduled off season, get him ready to go after he's already been in the system for one year. We'll see how that goes. And that'll be an interesting story to watch, but man, the 49ers, uh, it's, it's crazy how, they just choked away this game. And, I mean, last week, obviously in the Packers game, they didn't play well at all on offense. Um, so, I mean, they did a little bit better this 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 go around, but the Rams defense did give them some troubles. But even still, like even in the Dallas Cowboy game, you got to remember Jimmy gave them that interception that almost mm-hmm. won the Cowboys the game. Like, I, I like the guy. Look, he always, he always has ties. I'm always a fan of his. I I, I've heard some people say today, hey, he could come back if they're not sold on Lance. But I'm like, I think if you just keep putting it off, well, for one, you're going to get less for him. Even if they you have to eat some cap, I think getting rid of him now, it's the best option. It's best, better for him and better for the future of your team. Now, that being said, with the Rams, well, we don't know how they're going to be next year. I know they're really, really up against the cap. But there's a couple of teams that I had in mind for Jimmy. I feel like either a team where you don't know exactly where you're at with your quarterback position, like say a Cleveland or a New York giants could take them or a team that's in that awkward transition period. I'm not going to say the saints. I'm going to say like, you know, the Broncos, the the Broncos, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, which there's a small part of me that I just, I I don't know. Cause I love everyone says that like they can go get them. They have cap money for it, but I feel like that's all you're going to do this off season when you probably have some of the pieces to lock up. Um, but yeah, like see, like those like middle of the pack teams, you know, need a quarterback or have quarterback quarterback in questions. Hell, you can even go to Vegas. If Vegas truly wants to get rid of Derek Carr, and Josh McDaniels just arriving there, so he'll be on a roster next year. It's just a matter of where. And then yeah. with Trey, I want to see it. But the highlight for me for San Francisco is still, and it pains me to say this because we could have had him. Debo special. Debo is special. He is a gifted, gifted football player. Oh yeah, I mean his his season this season he's just risen to that kind of level and um that that's what you do whenever you have this special kind of hybrid player because Shanahan uses him in so many different ways and rushing the ball or receiving just getting him getting your best guy the ball in any capacity is the way to go and that's pretty much what they've centered it around with Depot and I mean um he's kind of taken it over from Kittle even and I mean it's just crazy how good this guy's been this season and we'll have to see if it transitions in the next season um because sometimes with these hybrid kind of guys it can be kind of iffy here and there but as long as Shanahan's there I think Debo Samuel's going to prosper they will and I I don't want to get flack on Shanahan I just feel like I understand the quarterback can take the brunt of the blame but I feel like a lot of the times coaches are the easy scapegoat where it's like they're not going to get blame unless the team's truly truly bad yeah. But, but yeah, like the way that the fact that they used Debo, they started using him as a runner and they got better. Um, this is a team that was in turmoil. So I feel like they would have been a good story to go. I feel like Cincinnati, San Francisco is Super Bowl I wanted just because you see, you know, two teams you didn't expect. Same thing, yeah. two, two teams haven't won in a while. And I know the Rams are in the Super Bowl. And I know they were there a few years ago, but this is like the first time in a long time where Tom Brady excluded. 
I don't care who wins. Like, either guy I'm going to be happy for. Either Joe Burrow coming off the ACL in this remarkable season or a guy like Matt Stafford who we now see that was wasted for years in Detroit and is a Hall of Fame. I, I questioned it a year ago. I remember I was getting the Twitter spats. I questioned if he was a Hall of Famer because I said he doesn't have any wins in the playoffs. I think he he basically just booked his own ticket to Canton this offseason no matter what happens in, uh, in 13 days. But as for the game in the whole, look, you're right. Jimmy did have some bad throws. There was a one overthrow to Kittle. There was the hospital ball to Debo, which just scared the shit out of me. But then mm-hmm. the, I, I, I just remember the pick six because on my ticket yesterday, I took both guys to throw interceptions. So when that happened, I was kind of like, I was like a little disappointed. I was like, damn, that was just another leg I needed to hit. Luckily, the interception hit when the other two, the other two picks I had kind of canceled out, which were Debo's over rushing yards, which is at 39 and a half, uh, 40 and a half. And then the over, I took an alternate over at 39 and a half. I should have just gone with the under all along. The only the only flex of betting yesterday I can have is I took both dogs to cover and both dogs did cover. Um, but with this Rams team, though, I they got there, and I'm I'm only happy they got there because we all know that in like two or three years this team's going to truly be bad because their next first round pick is when I'll be thirty. That's something I don't want to think about. Twenty twenty four. I'm twenty eight now, folks. Do the fucking math. Yeah, I mean the Rams. They've just mortgaged their future for this season. They threw all the chips in the table because I mean. You look at their team on defense, it's stacked. They've just built it up. The fact that they got Aaron Donald and Von Miller on that D-line is ridiculous. They have one of the best cornerbacks also to go along with that. This defense, it has the star power. And, man, you, you just got to give it up to them because that defense is good. And um, unlike you, where you said you really don't care who wins, I mean, I'd be happy with for Matt Stafford if he won, don't get me wrong, but I really don't want the Rams to win this team. I hate the Rams because, um, of course, they had the big game before. I'll say the 49ers too, so either way, it is what it is. But I don't hate the 49ers as much as I do the Rams, but – and then you had the Rams um, in the very last game of the season when they played the 49ers. They were controlling the game. It's pretty much the opposite of this game. Um, yeah. And, and the 49ers came back and won. And if the 49ers had lost, the Saints would have been in the playoffs. It would have been cool to see the Saints in the playoffs. Like you said earlier, they probably wouldn't have done nothing. But it still would have been a cool thing to be like, oh, we, we went 9-8 and eight and made the playoffs. And I would have been right. <laughs> that would have been the more important thing. I would have been right because I said the Saints are going to make the seventh seed and be 9-8. and eight, But – uh, I hate the Rams. I hope they lose. I really hope they lose, but I'm kind of scared because uh, they had that game uh, two weeks ago where Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans, even though they came back and won. But, uh, but man, that, that D-line scares me up against that offensive line. But the Rams uh, and Matt Stafford, they clutched through at the very end there. Cooper Cup's a beast. Um, yeah. Got to give him his stuff because – Man, that guy is unreal, and it seems like Odell Beckham found him a new home. I don't if he stays there next season. I don't know. Maybe he goes out and cashes out somewhere else. Um, that remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes. But man, this Rams team is stacked, and unfortunately, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I'm going to hate it when they if they do. But I really hope the Bengals win. But yeah, got to give the Rams their props on beating the 49ers this week. They they came back and won. You know what? You're right. You have to give them the props. They they were the better team out there. Cooper Cup baller. Um, OBJ. Mm-hmm. I th- I feel like he wants to stay in LA, but at the same time too, I feel like 
some team is going to give, like, I can honestly see a mediocre team giving him a bag and just being like, hey, here, here you go, here you go. And then his production kind of goes down. I don't, I don't think he's peaking, but I feel like he's, you know, this is kind of maybe it where this is like his best. We may, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I know he's a cocky son of a bitch, but when he's going, he's going. He's one of the better wide receivers in football. I'm not going to say one of the best because obviously you got Devontae Adams, you have Tyree Kill, you have Cooper Cup, Debo, uh, CD Lamb. You have all these guys that are in that conversation, but for the most part, for me yesterday was I'll, I'll be honest with you. I San Francisco was my pick to win the Super Bowl. I, I didn't public. I don't know if I publicly admitted it or not, but I I, I kind of wanted to see the Niners win. I just had a feeling they were the dark horse all along. That if they, I thought they were going to go on that Cincinnati esque run where if they got hot, they got hot. Which I, I also I can't believe you said this until the Aaron Donald thing you brought up. Can we talk about how Joe Burrow escaped a Chris Jones sack yesterday? One of the best defensive tackles in football. He just said, like, no, get like I'm going away from you and plan to get a first down. <laughs> like the fact that Chris Jones, because Chris Jones literally had him wrapped up and Joe Burrow got away to get out of it. That's why, like, the fact that you have a quarterback like that, Cincinnati, cherish Joe Cool. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, that's uh, Joe Burrow's amazing, man. And uh, I guess he's getting used to kind of ducking around in the pocket with all these hits he takes because you'd always see Russell Wilson whenever their offensive line was just awful. He would always be trying – he'd always be just trying to weave and dodge away around all these people. And, I mean, maybe that does help with experience. You get used to just dodging people and you get better at kind of scrambling around. So maybe in a sense that does kind of add to your repertoire as a quarterback when you have the legs to actually move around like that. Like, for instance, if you put – Ben Roethlisberger this season behind that offensive line. That team would be terrible, oh, like god-awful. Yes. But you have a guy that can kind of improvise, like Joe Burrow. He can move around a little bit and make plays, and you're fine. Um, as long as that quarterback is that good. But if you just have a statue back there, you'd be screwed. But, yeah, I mean, the Bengals and, – and I'm actually looking at, like, cap space right now. The Bengals, man, they're fourth in the league in cap space next season, like $56 million. <laughs> And they're in the Super Bowl right now. That's wild. That's wild. Do do we see why I had faith in the Patriots to come back and be a decent team when we were sixty four million up on the cap? That's why I had faith. That's why I had faith. We're we're in like seventeenth or eighteenth now, but I believe the top teams to the cap are the Chargers, who have to spend the money, but I don't think they will because the Spanos family is cheap. Um, yeah. Bengals. I think Jacksonville's up there, and I want to say the Jets or the Colts. The Jets are like six. The Colts are seven. Miami is actually Miami, number one it. right now with sixty-four, and then the Chargers have fifty-eight. That's gonna be Miami's gonna be an interesting one. Like I'm, I'm just they're they're an interesting fish. Um, look, I was gonna bring up Tom Brady next, but you know what? I did an audible. I'm gonna be a good host. I'm gonna be a good guy. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Floor is yours. You you. I, I'm just gonna stand here, be quiet. I might look at my phone a couple of times. All right. You, I'm going to put myself on mute as well. You can all be listening, but Matt, floor is yours. Yeah, we already pretty much, or I talked about this uh, earlier in the week on the Full Press Saints podcast. Um, we all pretty much just talked about what we thought would happen, how things would start. But I guess I'd kind of just start how I started with that and like how I found out. I was sitting like, because earlier in the couple weeks, or a couple days leading up to it, of course, um, you had the reports coming out that Sean Payton might potentially be leaving or stepping away or 
you heard di different kinds of things. First, there's Ian Rappaport that says it. And then you would see on Saint, at least on Saints Twitter, you'd see screenshots of every time Ian Rappaport had said something about Sean Payton that didn't come out to be true. Um, and this time when Jay Glazer had the report, that's when I started listening a little bit harder. I was like, maybe this could be true. Um, because uh, if it's Ian, sometimes it can be hit or miss. Um, just clicks here and there. I don't want to discredit the guy, but uh, when I hear, hear it from Jay Glazer, I said, okay, this has a little bit more weight to it to me. And then, of course, uh, he was away on vacation. Um, turns out that uh, Gail Benson had told him, hey, just take a step away, figure out what you want to do. And he came back and said, yeah, I'm going to end up and uh, retire. Um, that's what I'm going to do. And um, obviously, what he's most likely going to do is he's going to retire this season. He'll probably be back coaching either next season or definitely two seasons from now. And if it's with the Cowboys, it's going to be with the Cowboys because that's what the guy he's always been linked to. Maybe I could see maybe the Chargers, if things go awry there for some reason, that'd be an interesting fit. There's a couple different teams out there. That would be interesting to see if he would go to them. But, I mean, he retired. Of course, he's a Saint legend. Um, it kind of hurts back-to-back because we lost Drew Brees last season, and now we lost Sean Payton. And we always talk about Bill Belichick being the master defensive mind in the NFL um, of this past generation. Um, Sean Payton would probably be that guy on offense just because he stuck around so long at this one team. Him and Drew Brees put up huge numbers. Um, I know as far as win, I mean, in regular season wins, they're top three, top four um, since 2006, which is crazy, the level of consistency they brought. Um, before Sean Payton and Drew Brees got to New Orleans, I mean, they're just like, who's going to want to come here? They took a shot on Drew Brees because they're just like, we got to take a shot because he talked about it in the press conference that he had. We got to take a shot on Drew, and it turned out to be the right thing because, yeah, he probably left it in a more high light because I know Mickey Loomis is having an easier time finding these coaches. Um as far as trying to find out who's going to be the next head coach, I know they've had interviews. They interviewed Doug Peterson um, yesterday. Um, they also have an interview with Brian Flores tomorrow, which I like Brian Flores myself. I'd be happy with that. Um, the Lions defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, who used to be a defensive backs coach for the Saints. Um, I always hear high praise of him, but I don't know if it's really time for him to get, get a head coaching job just yet. And then uh, we're going to end it off with Dennis Allen. I think the reason why we're ending it off with Dennis Allen is he's easily the favorite to win it because our roster is still really strong. The defense is amazing. The offense needs a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, they can figure out some stuff with the cap space like they always do every year, even though we're $76 million against the cap right now for some reason. Loomis math always prevails. Um, that front office is crazy with the way they get around money. Um, it, it's just astounding. I would just love to sit in that front office for a season and just see how they navigate things. It'd be entertaining. But uh, they got to get stuff figured out on offense. But if they're going to keep everything together, um, having Dennis Allen be the guy there would be the most logical thing. They'd of course, probably keep Pete Carmichael as the OC, which would be important because um, he would be tasked with trying to figure out how to get this offense back to where it was. And he's been a part of this team since 2006. He's been the offense coordinator since Doug Marone left. 
in 2009, um, 2008, somewhere around there. Um, so if anyone's going to run the offense, it's going to be him. And you might see more Sean Payton coaching tree out there if he didn't just stick around, but he was a guy who was just content with his job. He had his job. He was all right with it, and he wanted to keep it. Um, of course, we also have big quarterback issues, but head coaching job comes first. But just to end it all off, I got to say, congrats, Sean Payton, on an amazing career. I'm sure he's not done coaching. Um, I'll be interested to see what he does this season. If he just sits back and chills, maybe he does a TV job somewhere, does some announcing because his friend Drew Brees has probably been hyping it up to him. They're even talking about it the day before his press conference. But Sean Payton, man, true Saints legend. I couldn't have summed it up any better. Um, <laughs> something I want to point out to you, though, from Arjun Manon, from uh, he's a uh, football, he's in football research at PFF. People are going to overreact to Saints having like cap, having like in cap space this offseason. But the reality is that they have the most cap maneuverability, and their mm -hmm. cap salary wizard Kai Harley figures it out every year. Or uh, yeah. it's K K H A I. So. Out of any team, you guys have about $130 million that you can maneuver and fix. I'm trying to – okay, we're at about a decent point. I believe you guys have – I don't know if it's like – because I'll, I'll – I'll, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to DM you the tweet right now just so uh, you can see it. I just sent mm -hmm. it to you. So basically what I think it basically means is that the Saints can keep doing basically what they did in 2021, which is take their cap, push it forward to 2023. So you know what they always do. It's, aware, it's hey, it's next year's problem. It's next year's problem. It's fine. Um, we'll talk about him in a few minutes, but I think for right now it's safe to say, and I'm sorry for saying this, but if the if the Brady does retire, is the NFC South one of the more probably going to the or not most looked at divisions in football? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be wide open. Um, the Falcons might have a good shot. I mean, the Bucks are still going to have a really good roster, just because they constructed a really good defense. They have offensive weapons. Godwin's probably going to go. Gronk will definitely go if Tom's gone. That's Leonard without Fournette. a doubt. Um, Leonard Fournette, I don't know what he would do there. I'm sure he might go off somewhere, just try and get a bag because um, he's played good. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be wide open for the most part, um, unless the Bucks can figure out what they're going to do at quarterback there. They still got a good roster. They're going to be like us in the fact that we have a good roster. Um, they might be a little bit ahead of the curve on the offensive side of things, but um, they're going to have questions at a couple positions. Um, as far as the Panthers go, I don't know what to even think about the Panthers at this point. Uh, they're just going to be a yeah. They're just going to be a middling of the road team. The Falcons, they just haven't. They've been another middling of the road team. Um, it's it's going to be a wasteland of quarterbacks where Matt Ryan's easily your best quarterback, most likely, depending on what the Saints do at quarterback. And that, that's that's a crazy thing to think about. It could, you could be looking at Jameis Winston on the Saints um, or Taysom Hill, or I don't know what the Saints are going to do right now, but I'll just say Jameis Winston right now. Um, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, if the Panthers decide they want to go one more year, and maybe Kyle Trask on the Bucks. It's it's just a whole different thing. Because I mean, two years ago you had Drew Brees and Tom Brady in the same division, and now you don't. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty wide open for any of these teams to kind of step up and do what they need to do. So that's another reason you might be in the. I might 
to be in the camp for Dennis Allen to come back because that that would keep the team the continuity there. I feel like they would just promote within. Um, either Chris Richard or Ryan Nielsen would get promoted up uh, to defense coordinator. Of course, Pete would stay at OC, um, and things would, things would stay the same. And this and these players could meld around that because it's a good roster, um, especially on defense. Like I said, but. If they can figure out the offense, it's going to be scary to watch. Um, so I really hope the Saints make some moves. And like you said, with the cap space, um, last season we were in a worse position because pretty much um, to sum it up, the smart thing to do with the cap and what the Saints do with the cap every year is look, they banked on the opportunity, the they banked on the cap going up every year, which it always did until the outbreak started. And then the cap actually went down from or didn't rise near as much as they thought it would do it, it went down so that's where it kind of hurt them and that's like last season was definitely their definition of cap hell which yep. i mean i've heard cap hell since 2011 i've heard it for the saints forever every every single year it's saints are in cap hell they can't do shit saints are in cap hell they can't do shit and then they do some crazy shit like give jaris bird that was an awful contract oh, they give one. him yeah, they give him a huge safety deal at the time. And they go out and make these moves. But some people end up having to walk, like Trey Hendrickson. He had to walk. Um, um, Teron Armstead this offseason, he will probably have to walk, and we'll have to get another left tackle, which would suck. Um, I'm hoping we can keep Marcus Williams. That would be the guy to keep. Um, but, yeah, sometimes some people have had to walk. But for the most part, they've done good at keeping their core because – you would hear people say, oh, I'm ready to get Marshawn Lattimore when he hits free agency. The Saints sign him back. Already get Ryan Ramchick and free Saints sign him back, Lock too. Him yeah, like they do good about locking up the guys that they think they need to keep. And sometimes some of them get away. It happens to it happens to every team. There's there's a guy every now and then that just gets away from you and goes and produces well on other teams. It's, it's just the way it does. But, but it's, the unfortunate, it's the unfortunate reality of the NFL. Sometimes, right. look, you're gonna lo- you're gonna lose players that you like. Sometimes it just it sucks. It's not it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, it really is. But the main thing that worries me about the Saints is when Sean Payton was there. Look, this team had a had a floor. They would not go below seven and nine. Now that he's gone, that floor kind of got broken. So it could get bad. It could be good. It could go either way. I'll just have to see how this offseason breaks down. And see what happens because it's going to be interesting to see everything that goes on. But, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a wild ride, um, and I'm ready to see how it goes. I'm going to say this. Well, there's a couple of positions I think that are to have concern as well as the offensive line. Like we saw what happened to Ian Book in that game against the Dolphins. I know you guys have oh, a lot yeah. of those with COVID, but I you I think you really need to see Caesar Ruiz take that third year leap. Uh, mm. I don't rock. think it's going to happen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just oh, trying to be hopeful. And also, too, I think, would you kick him back to center or would you keep him at guard? Well, it's hard to move him to center because, and I mean, the offensive line had inconsistencies this offseason, mainly because the only person who played every single game was Cesar Ruiz. That was the only guy, only yeah. starter who played every game because Armstead missed games, Ramchek missed games, Pete uh, was McCoy missed games, Pete was out for the season. And I mean, uh, we give Pete a lot of flack, but after looking at Cesar Ruiz, man, can't give him as much flack anymore. Because I know guard play in the NFL isn't really held to a super high standard, 
And that's why Pete gets these pro bowls year after year after year. Cause he's, he's good. He's not like amazing or anything, but it's hard to find these really good guards in the NFL. And I don't know what it is. The saints used to have really good guard play, but right now it's probably at the lowest it's been in a while. Um, especially with the Ruiz, hopefully, if the offensive line can stay all healthy because playing with a bunch of rotational guys, that's hard for anybody. That's hard for any starter. Um, but let's just hope that if people can stay healthy on the offensive line, that Ruiz can maybe get better. I have my doubts, but you never know. Um, no. But yeah. It's all, it's all a wait and see. Um, I forgot about Pete being out until he mentioned the offensive line. The other thing I'll say is good tackle play can really overshadow if the guard play is not exactly strong. That's the one thing because everyone looks at the tackle position because obviously it's the one that kicks to the outside. Because um, like when we look at the Saints, I view the Saints right now as I view the 2020 Patriots, you know, where I feel like because you still have the defense that can perform. And my whole thing is for as great as Brian Flores would it be, I think promoting from within can benefit more than you think because they already know the system. Yeah. And it's someone the guys like because I feel like if you if you bring in someone new, unless Aaron Aaron Glenn's the only one that gets the pass because he's familiar with the organization. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, I can see you know what promote Chris Richard, give Dennis Allen the job, have Pete Carmichael run the offense. If you can get the right quarterback in there, or even if you want to draft, say a Malik Willis because he'll be there with your pick, or unless unless someone goes out and gets him. Draft a quarterback. Yeah. Do what the Patriots did last year. Draft a quarterback. Sign Jameis back. If Jameis gets beat out in camp, it is what it is when you start the kid. Or at the same time, too, you know what? You can kind of have Jameis be on that, like, awkward window contract where it's kind of like you you want to make him perform. You want to see him perform. Because in 2021, he was he was 5-2, and two, and that was until he tore his ACL. Who knows how that season would have gone? I think there's at least, I would say, the foul, the first Falcons game. The one of the same, I, I think I want to say this, I, the, I, don't, I don't know how the Eagles game go for some reason. You guys in Philadelphia always seems to be a bad time. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it's, it is what it is. Sorry for the text notification coming through. Um, I don't think it's as bad as it went. And also, too, I think the Miami loss is kind of an outlier just because obviously COVID gets in the way. That, that, oh, that's yeah. something that happened to a few teams. So I think bringing back Jameis isn't the worst thing in the world to look at. My whole thing is is just having – also saying draft a quarterback. Excuse me, I forgot about Ian Book, but I think we all kind of saw it. It's just like, yeah, they ain't going to cut it. Um, my biggest thing with this team is, is especially if Tom retires, mm-hmm. nine and eight can get you into the playoffs. I still think your floor is at seven and ten right now. I think – and also say this too. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, what they were able to accomplish with Big Ben. They had a solid defense – an okay offense. So a solid defense can win you some games. So if that can happen oh, yeah. in 2022, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but the Saints, I think, will definitely be knocking on the door in 2022, which I think is the position right now which most Saints fans would look at. It's like, you know what? It's something positive to look at, like kind of in that 7 to 10 to 10 and 7 win range. I'd put them at right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, it's just something we're going to have to keep track of with the offseason. I'll have a better idea of where I lean towards at the end. And like you said, if they went out and had a Patriots offseason because they need to they need to sign some pass catchers. They need they need a tight end. 
they need more wide receivers um, outside of Michael Thomas. Um, they probably need a second running back outside of Kamara because Kamara probably had his least efficient year. Um, that, that's another thing. When Kamara went down, we went 0-4 when we were without Kamara. Because, I mean, outside of Kamara, our offense was pretty rough. It, it was rough to watch all season. It was – man, it, it, it was so hard to do anything on offense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these injuries were terrible. All, all the crazy stuff the Saints went through this season was crazy. That's, that's another thing that people kept saying about Sean Payton leaving. It's like, oh, he probably got burnt down on this offseason and wanted to do this because they're displaced at the very beginning of the, the first month they had to move. Actually, Sean loved that. He loved the new challenges. He was excited about it, but he, he he said he didn't enjoy the Miami game that much because, I mean, who could? Because he was literally meeting two players that were actually going to play 30 snaps that night. So he, he had never met them before and just met them. They were getting fitted in the locker room, about to go out and play 30 snaps. It's it's wild. Damn. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it's it's been a crazy season. Coaches all got COVID. Players got COVID. It was it was a rough off season or season for the Saints, but it ended up nine and eight. Could still, um, if everything holds true, like you said with your prediction, I think that's probably around the range. But we'll just see how it goes. Exactly. I just can't see this team bottoming out. I think if, unless there's like a bunch of pieces that go and stuff, but I feel like there's there's a loyalty to there that I feel like players are going to want to stay and see it through. Like like Cameron Jordan, like Demario Davis. Oh, yeah. I think those guys are just like like. I like to use the term career Patriots for certain Patriots players. I think it's the same thing with uh, the Saints. I think Cam Jordan looked draft, drafted by the Saints, mm-hmm. just embraced the city and the culture. Um, my biggest thing with uh, Peyton is, look, everyone's saying, oh, he's leaving because this and this and this. It could be that. I, I think it's just mental burnout. I think he's just mentally – he just needed to take a break. I think it was just one of those things where, for as much as he loves doing it, I think it was just coming to a point where – you know when you want to quit a job when it doesn't seem like you know they say when you you you're really working when you don't work a day in your life you know, mm-hmm. and how sometimes when you know when work really feels like work that's probably what it was. Yeah, and I mean it, it's probably a little bit of that. It's probably a little bit of him because I think he'd said something about he wanted to move on, and it's probably going to end up him being the fact that he wants something different, something a new challenge to take on. Um, that's just the way he thinks and. I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. Um, it's kind of like if the Patriots lost Tom Brady one season and lost Bill Belichick. It's it's crazy to think about um, where the Saints are going to be. This is a whole new team, and man, it, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. But I'm going to be along for the ride. It's going to be an interesting one, though. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's why. That's why at the NFL, like for as long as the off season is going to be and it's going to suck, we all get to have conversations like this. You know, where it's always like yeah. thinking. How's my team going to be this year? Like, we'll we'll have many of that. We'll have many group discussions. We'll have maybe some live streams here or there. We'll do stuff leading up into the draft. Because before we go to the last couple of topics, I was just going to address that. Um, and this topic, unless something big happens this week, folks, don't expect another podcast from me this week. Um, for right now, like I say, unless something big happens, and then throughout the postseason, for the off season, we'll kind of see where stuff goes. Probably. Maybe take a week or two. Maybe take a week off after the Super Bowl, like the maybe the week in between the Super Bowl and the Combine kind of thing. Because I know the week of Valentine's Day, we'll talk about the Super Bowl and everything like that. Even though I'm going to warn you guys right now, that Monday will probably not be a podcast because of Valentine's Day. <laughs> Fellas out there, I know if some of you are single, it is what it is, but you always got to put your ladies first. Um, 
But my and then we'll 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 see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I'm only going to say that I only wanted to say that just because look, I've been doing two of these for about five and a half months now. And sometimes, you know what, the host needs a break. So if I only do one this week, it's just, it's just a fair warning, but I got to talk about this guy. This is the only reason why I said this, I said this back last year. I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a couple weeks off in between like the Super Bowl and free agency. Cause there's no combine last year. <gasps> Excuse me. And then JJ Watt decided to sign with the Cardinals. And I'm like, shit, I got to record. <laughs> Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement is the one thing that will make me record later this week. We were talking about this off camera. Saturday, I was in a coffee shop with my fiance, and I decided to check Twitter. And there's the Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington stories of Tom's probably going to announce his retirement. He's going to do this. And then this is going to sound really morbid, but it, it's like the reacting to this was like, okay, I was expecting it. But when it really hits, it's kind of like when you lose a family member, you know, when you're like, or when de- whenever death happens, whenever death happens, you know, when you're like, you think you're ready for it, but in reality, you're not ready for it. And like, you have so many conflicting emotions where you're just like, I, you don't know what to think. And then it started to settle in, and then I got sad. And then you get home to, like, all these reports of, he's never said anything to Jason Light, or his dad's going to a San Francisco Bay Area news team being like, yeah, he's just made up his mind yet. So I'm like, I honestly don't know what to believe. And I'm at the point where, unless it comes out of the horse's mouth, I'm not believing it. Like, look, Ben Ben, Ben had a video, and I'll also say this, too, if that was it. I'm very glad that I found out for myself and that I did not find out mutually through somebody. It'd be like you with Drew. Like, imagine if it was me saying to you, hey, Matt, Drew retired. And then you're like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> You'd probably be pretty pissed. You'd be like, Griff, the fuck, man? Like, I'd be the same way, too. If, like, you or Big Rat or Danny were messaging me, being like, I'd be like, what the heck? Like, guys, come on. Don't you have any respect? I know. I mean, that's that's a wild thing to think about. But, yeah, I mean, I remember I was just kind of, like, just chilling. Um, and then the report came out. Oh, Tom Brady might retire. I was like, wow. Uh, um, I mean, if it was if it was on the Patriots, I'd probably have more <laughs> a more positive reaction to him. But um, I was like, wow. Well, he's going to be out of the NFC South. That's my first train of thought, of course. Um, even though um, a part of me likes to love the fact that I mean, the Saints have had Tom Brady's number for the most part, except for the playoff game, which both teams played pretty bad that, that, that day. Not going to lie. Um, we've had his number. We've had the Bucks number ever since he came in and we destroyed them in all the regular season games. It's been, but, but they've been fun. It's been an event for sure. It's been fun to beat the Buccaneers um, with Tom Brady at the helm. But I mean, of course, Tom Brady, he's had an amazing career, won so many rings, done so many things, so many records, done everything he could, um, honestly. Yeah. And uh, if he does decide to retire, I, d- I know he said something in a press conference earlier where he said, I got to sit back and think about it. I know my wife doesn't like to see me hit, and I like to think about my kids. So um, the fact that he was 44 and putting up those stats he did this season is still insane. I can't believe he went out and did that. Um because he could still play good. Because honestly, going into this offseason, um, after that game, I said he's probably going to play next season. Like going into it, I was, going into the season, I was thinking, yeah, he's probably going to play this season, then play the next season, and then take it from there. Um, he, he, he'll probably retire then. But it could be like the Drew Brees situation where Drew Brees was really close to retiring and then he decided to come back for one more year. So it could be that in the end. But uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, Maybe some kind of information got out that Tom Brady's putting together something for his retirement. 
Um, you would almost think that he would kind of have that moment, um, the farewell, the farewell tour headed up to it. But um, you would think that would happen with a guy like him, where you just know that it's about to be in. Like he might not say it, but you know it's going to be the end. But that could be what we're headed for next season. Um, but it, it's looking pretty likely that he might retire. It's pretty close, I'd say. I, I I just don't think that he wants that like tour where it's like you know oh you should have retired then like you know how it was Drew was supposed to retire after twenty twenty. Uh, ben was supposed to retire after 2021. Like, I mean, yeah. like the year, the year, like, you know how, like you, like you after the Vikings lost Ben after they got killed by the Browns last year. I don't think Tom wants that slash that whole, you know, farewell tour, like with baseball, Derek Jeter got it where he was like, he would go to a different city and they'd give him gifts and all this stuff. I don't, I don't think he wants that. I think he wants to go out on his own terms. He wants to, you know, call his own shot i if he does play in 2022 it's great i just think the other situation for me personally why i don't think it is ideal is because like what you were saying before how like look chris godwin's probably gonna be gone leonard fournette's gone um another player to look out for from that bucks team is ryan jensen's a free agent this year center so if you need a center in the nfl i'm just saying he's available for they only have 14 million in cap. They don't not they don't have a lot of cap room. They got a lot of their guys extended. Like I know Mike Evans is on a deal. Uh Vita Vea is on a contract. Jack mm-hmm. Barrett. They got a lot of their important pieces locked up. But I just think with the Bucks, it's also when you look at a lot of what's going on in the a- in the AFC and the NFC, because I say that because the Bucs will be in the Super Bowl conversation if he's there. Any Tom Brady left team will be in the Super Bowl conversation. Yeah. You, when you look at all these teams, you kind of look at yourself and you go, how long are, how realistic is it my chances to get back when the Rams mm-hmm. are probably going to run it back? Who knows what's going to be with the Packers? Who knows what the Cowboys are going to be? Uh, I'm sure, and I've said this for a while, but I think the Vikings are going to try to go all, like they're going to have a go for broke here with Kirk Cousins in the last year of his deal. And then if anything, maybe blow it up after that. And then you look at the AFC and you got some dogs. The dogs are barking in the AFC. So, that's my whole thing with Tom is where I I also don't want him to see – I don't want to see him be a shell of himself. I'd rather see him go out on top and be, you know what, hey, oh, he could have had more left in the tank or, oh, he could have still done this. I'd rather see that. I don't want to see the Tom Brady that was. I want to see the Tom Brady that is, and I want to see him go out on his own terms. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is, too, though, if he does retire, man, that 2027 draft class of him and Big Ben, that's one hell of a draft. That's one hell of a Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, for sure. Most definitely. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. And I mean, um, if he came back next season, I'm sure he'd still be good just based on how good he was this season. Um, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. You probably don't want to see him play like Peyton Manning did towards his very end of his career with the Broncos. Oh, and, God, no. And I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere, his his kind of downfall, because one, one year Peyton Manning's putting up all these records, the next season – he's like a shell of his former self. So you never know what can happen. I mean, the age split can just hit you all of a sudden. I know with Drew Brees, uh, he kind of had to manufacture his game to another level because he couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. So it was just mainly just an offense designed around the short and intermediate side of the field. Um, and I mean, Tom can still throw it. I mean, he, he had, he, he's shown that he can still throw the ball and make the plays. So, um, I was kind of surprised hearing the report. Um, if it actually happens, we'll see. 
Um, I'm sure it's going to happen sooner rather than later because they, he kind of got to give his team the insight going into the offseason so that way the Buccaneers know what to do going forward because if Tom Brady leaves, they definitely have to figure out something there. They, they got to figure out something there. They got to – if it's looking at rookie quarterbacks, they could probably draft late in the first round. If it's a quarterback they might want to sign in for agents, you may sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an offseason story. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the talk of the town when it happens, if it happens. Um, will he wait till after the Super Bowl? I don't know. Will he do it this week when there's a lull period in the NFL? That's definitely a possibility, but definitely something to watch out for. I think it's more likely that we see it during that lull period. I doubt he's going to want to take away the thunder from Super Bowl week. So I think it's either this yeah. week, if he announces something, I th- whether it's I'm coming back or I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. I think it's either this week or after the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to want to steal that thunder because I also don't think it's like, you know how Pey- I remember Peyton Manning too. The Super Bowl happened in February, and then it was like a month later was his press conference. I don't think he's going to hold a box high and dry like that. I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, he's announcing something. It's going to be within the coming within the coming weeks. I think we'll hear sooner than later. I know there's a lot of people out there right now who aren't ready for it, but there's a part of me that is. I think I've come to peace with it. Look, and the fact, too, that especially with the fact that the Patriots do have their future figured out, that's a big, big piece to it. If the Patriots didn't have their future figured out, I'd be a little upset. But the fact that, look, we made the we made the playoffs with a rookie QB, so yeah, anything's possible. Um, early Super Bowl preview. Look, we'll be talking about this. I might be calling you back next week to come back on. We'll just have to see how things line up, how schedules work. Mm-hmm. But Rams versus Bengals in SoFi Stadium. Even though the Bengals are the home team for this game, um, I, I I I'm trying to think about it. Like, how much do I have to say about this game? Because I don't know if I have a whole lot just based solely on the fact that we it's 13 days out. But yeah, I'm gonna say this right now. I really like the Bengals at plus three and a half. I really like them. To, I don't like like I said. I want I I prefer to see the Bengals win. I don't see. think we see a blowout game. I think we see a close game no matter what. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals are showing they're going to fight. And then the Rams also kind of showed they got some fight in them in this past uh, conference championship. And, I mean, um, I know the Rams kind of almost gave it away to Tom Brady in the divisional round, which was a crazy – man, they tried to give that game away. It's so crazy how that fourth quarter went. That was nuts. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – as far as the game, the actual Super Bowl, um, like I said, I'm, I'm just scared of the Rams' D-line going up against the Bengals' O-line, but Joe Burrow showed he can make it happen, and if he got magic in the bottle, as you were saying earlier, it could strike, and I do think it'll be a close game. I hope it'll be a close game. These playoffs have been close ever since the um, divisional round, so let's hope that continues going into this and we just have a banger Super Bowl. That would be awesome to see. And I know I'm going to be watching and glued, hoping that the Bengals win. So that's who I'm rooting for. But I kind of think the Rams are going to seal it and get their Super Bowl, unfortunately, and win in their home stadium. That's the one thing. You'd like to see them win, but I got to go for the team that's never won. You know, the team that's last Super It just goes to show how tough it is to win this league when a team that's playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks has not been in there in 33 years. 1988. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1988, 
it's the 2021 season. So it's 1989 is the last time these guys were in the Super Bowl. It also would have been cool for nostalgia purposes for the 49ers Bengals to happen because in 1982, so 40 years ago, that's the Super Bowl matchup was Rams and ben- uh, it was Bengals and Niners. So it would have been cool to see. But you know what? My big thing here, right here, is right now, is if the Bengals. Oh, also, too, I'm going to say this: Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey matchup of the century. That is just. If you're a football fan, lock in on that matchup. Those two guys are going to just be going at it all game. The only thing I can ask for, honestly, is a good game. I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy if Burrow wins. I'll be happy to see Stafford win. Uh, I'm still more excited for the halftime show, which with Matt Stafford and Eminem, this is the closest Detroit's probably going to get to the Super Bowl for God knows how long. Shout out. There's her name. I think it's Hannah Rate. I got to look up her Twitter because there's a girl from in the Detroit sports media that did tweet that out earlier today. Yeah, I saw um, that tweet. The Super Bowl halftime show should be interesting. Hannah Francis. I mean, <laughs> shout out to her. Um, yes. But Super Bowl halftime show should be interesting, too. I mean, uh, got my boy Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick. Dr. Dre, Mary J, Eminem, uh, Snoop Dogg. Got just a whole list of guys. And that should be interesting. An interesting Super Bowl halftime show. Um, of course, everyone likes to tune in for the commercials, even though those have been kind of meh past couple of years. But at the end of the day, I just want to see a good game. And I hope the Ram- at the end of the day, I need the Rams to lose. The Rams win. I'll probably be pretty um, down because um, I hate the Rams. God, I hate the Rams. I need them to lose um, for my sanity. You know, like, it would just make me feel better, the fact that they spent all this capital. They got so close to the Super Bowl for Joe Burrow to take it away. That would be the dream ending to the playoffs without the Saints being in it. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's why I'm that's why I'm going for the Bengals because at the end of the day, look, you see, it would just be so funny for LA to get this close, be at home, and then lose. But at the same mm-hmm. time, too, you you want to see the blue-collar city succeed. You, you want to see it. You know, a team that hasn't been there against all odds. My only thing with them is, is just if they, no matter who wins, it's, I feel like they're going to be, you know what, next year we're back because I can't wait because I can't wait to see it. And when next year's odds come out, because, you know, they'll be coming out right away and it's already like, oh, Kansas City and like Tampa and like you have all oh, like, yeah. the obvious dogs that are there. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a Kansas City news station that basically posted this big photo that says like, we weren't supposed to be here. This wasn't our year. We made it this far. We're proud of our Chiefs. And everyone's like, you guys were favored to win like in February. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just because you had a little boo-boo spill in October doesn't mean that no one was counting you out. They were just saying, what's going yeah. on with the Chiefs? Um, and that, they'll be favored for many years to come, I'm sure, too, every offseason. I'm just here to say this with Kansas City, though, and I know we're getting off topic, but that's all we can say about the Super Bowl right now because, look, we don't know if Tyler Higby's going to play. We don't know if C.J. Uzma, which is a huge piece for that Bengals offense, if he's going to play. Um, I want to see how the Chiefs do in managing their cap, especially once the Mahomes contract truly does kick in this offseason because yeah. – that's going to be the team where, you know, I said before that the NFL is a cruel business where you hate to see some players go. The Chiefs are going to have some tough decisions to make coming coming up soon once uh, once they're one of those teams that are below the cap floor. And I still say this, but, man, the dynasty from the Patriots, I think, is a bit of an outlier because I think they've made it seem like, hey, it's so easy to get back. When in reality, you know what, you got to take some blows. And I think for Kansas City to go, you know what, two years, last year losing the Super Bowl, this year not making the Super Bowl, May actually benefit them in the long run and put a little fire under their butt to, you know what, get back. Because I feel like the more they get there, they're just going to take it for granted every year. But in a sense, Chiefs fans, losing may not be as hurtful as you think it is right now. It sucks, 
believe me, Matt and I know this experience. Mm-hmm. And I say this, and I don't know if you agree with it or not, but losing the a, losing cha- on Championship Sunday hurts more than the Super Bowl. Because of the Super Bowl, you know what? You're there. You've got there. The AFC Championship game or the NFC Championship game, you're this close and it gets taken away from you. It sucks. I don't know. If the Saints made a Super Bowl and lost, I'd be pretty devastated. Oh, I was I, – I know, I know. I'm Losing a Super Bowl sucks too. It's just yeah. you at least have like that, you know, that little satisfaction of, hey, we're there. Like we made yeah. it, you know? That, that's true too, but I mean, uh, yeah. When, when you got a whole bunch of other Super Bowls to your name too, that makes it a little easier too. Um, that that that'd make it a lot easier to kind of weather the blow because if you lost Super Bowl, be like, oh, I got six rings, I don't care. <laughs> I know, that's what every like literally every Chiefs fan, for some reason, we're going after Patriots fans because of the whole how they say Mahomes is the go, and then we all know it's. It's it's Brady until like I think this it will always be a Brady thing just because I don't know if anyone's gonna get to if I just to say right now that Mahomes is gonna win six championships I think is a bit of a reach only only because we like saw Tom do it for so long I like look I could be wrong Mahomes could win that I just think him and his speech of like the championships and all these media people it was more like you know when LeBron went to Miami and it was not four not five not six. <laughs> I just think people are doing that with Patrick, and it's like, okay, guys, slow your roll. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm going a little off topic. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add for today, or are you, uh, you all fine and dandy? Uh, I'd also like to point out that it's going to be tough, too, because, I mean, look at the quarterbacks coming up in the AFC. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow now, um, even got Justin Herbert. I know his team to make the playoffs, but he's a really good young quarterback. Um, Lamar Josh Jackson Allen. is still there. Josh Allen, of course. Man, like, he's he's a beast. I mean – there's so many good young quarterbacks in there, and that that kind of makes the NFC look kind of kind of mad in comparison. Honestly, I mean, just thinking about off the top of my head, young quarterbacks I can think of. Russell I hate Wilson, to say this, but Zach kinda, Wilson, Zach Wilson in the AFC. He has the potential. I think he has the potential still. We'll wait and see. Yeah, you gotta wait and see. That's a wait but, and uh, see, and it pains me to say that, but I know Danny right now is like laughing at me, but um. Mac Jones is in that conversation too. We'll see what happens yeah. to Tua. I'm not saying Mac Jones is an elite quarterback, people, so pump the brakes. I'm just saying that look, the AFC has a lot of talent and is I think right now, look, going into this year, everyone was saying how it was the NFC. And here's the other thing too, with with Aaron, I know Aaron Rodgers was saying we're coming to Denver. You gotta play Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes for a quarter of your season. Yeah, that might be a season. reason why he doesn't leave. Cause I mean, if you look we'll at the quarterbacks. Yeah, if you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC, I mean, you got Rodgers. I mean, he's towards the end or end period of his career. Matt Stafford, probably about the same, honestly. He's closer to the end than he is in the beginning. Tom, obviously, um, near the end. Yeah, Tom, obviously, near the end. And, I mean, your best young quarterbacks, you're looking at what, Dak and Kyler? Yeah. That's pretty much it. And, I mean, I know Russell Wilson's up there, too, but the Seahawks have had problems. and. Who knows what Russell Wilson's going to do this offseason? Um, yeah. And I mean, another outlier out there, I know we don't, I know Deshaun Watson's out there. What, what What's going to happen with his situation? That's still to be determined. And I mean, it's just a lot of up in the air with some of these quarterbacks. But for the most part, the AFC, you look at their young quarterbacks, it's crazy. And then you look at the young side of the NFC, you just have a couple of guys and their teams have been kind of, kind of choky. Not, not going to lie. Um, but, who knows? We'll we'll see how it goes for the rest of the NFC. But yeah, that's about the only thing I gotta add. 
It's going to be a really fun offseason. Um, we'll get into Seattle, but I personally think they have to burn it down. That's just me. I think Seattle has to move on. I think they got to rebuild. I just I think Seattle's a team that they're a former shell of themselves, and they're trying to replicate that. But in reality, you're not as good as you think you are. You're not as good as you once were. Plus, to that Jamal Adams traded contract. Mm. I know Danny's happy hearing me say that, but that's <laughs> ugly. you're a Seahawks fan. That's an ugly trade and an ugly contract. Um, yep. Anyway, anyway, folks, that's going to do it. Episode 150. One, five, oh. The big Actually, let's do, let, let's do it like this. I'm going to start with my left hand. I'm going to do the one, five, and you do the O, okay? One, five. <laughs> <laughs> I botched it. No, it's all good. It's all good. But you know what? Um, you, hey, it wasn't as bad as what the men's rumble was on Saturday. That's another podcast. Oof. That's another topic for another day. That was just a horrible show. Um. Folks, like I said before, the goal is 200. Shop at sidelineshop.ca for all your jersey needs, no matter the sport, no matter the time of year. That stamp, code GRIFFB. Download it. All the sports odds are there. Links for everything will be in the bio. My WordPress is going to be coming more active as the offseason comes. Mock draft season. I know I might not be podcasting this week, but I might have a mock draft up my, up my sleeves. You, you, you never know what's up here. I, I got stuff <laughs> going on. There's a lot more stuff coming, guys, so stay tuned. Here's to the next 50, 200 by kickoff 2022. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode of YWC Football Talk. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.